Hello, everybody, and welcome to the See You on the Trail podcast. My name is Hitch. I'll be taking care of you today. Today on the show, we have a lot of information. So go ahead and get that pen and paper out and uh, start taking down notes because this is going to be good. Um, I we Today on the show, we have Chris Van Gilder from ISP, which is Innovative Safety Products. Um, he has been in the industry for, oh gosh, about 20 years now. I met him through a, um, a Monster Jam driver that I know pretty well and, uh, and, and through another fab shop. And uh, he set me down the first time I met him and told, him, told me why his safety seats were so important to me um, and, uh, and to my safety inside of a race car. And uh, he was able to dumb it down, make it un- make sense and do it correctly and made me want to get one of his seats um, uh, if I was racing. <laughs> and the funny thing is I'm not racing, which I, I probably never will race. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but uh, I've been in race cars. I've been in a race before. They beat the crap out of me and, and my body's not willing to handle it after, you know, after about 10 years of bull riding and uh, and all the travel time and everything that I did, I, I'm pretty much done with getting my body beat up. So anyway, but before we jump into that, I want to tell you guys, we are on, um, I was looking through my stats um, through the Anchor Podcast app. That's where we record all of our stuff. And looks like a lot of you guys are on Apple, uh, Apple Podcast. So if you guys get a chance, go rate us, go say something. I don't care if it's something dumb, something stupid. It could be good. It could be bad. Let me know what you guys think. That helps boost our channel up to get more views, to be able to do more of this, to give you more information and more shows. Uh, if there's any, I know YouTube, you can actually comment. Facebook, you can actually comment as well. Um, let us know some of your comments, what you think is good, what you think is bad, what do you think needs to be um, improved on. Constructive criticism is always welcome at my door um, and on my podcast and on any of my videos for that matter. Go to YouTube, check out our library. We've got something like 300 videos up and uh, it, it ranges anywhere from dirt riot to um, uh, off-road expos to SEMA to um, just four-wheeling in general, like the Disney Big Meat Run. That's one of my bigger videos. Uh, we also did one with a couple racer friends of mine. We decided to do the Junkyard Wars, and the Junkyard Wars was you had five hundred dollars and you had to spend no more than five hundred dollars on a beater and run it down the quarter-mile track. We did that. Go look at it. It's called Junkyard Wars on our uh, YouTube page. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was at a local track here, just about a mile from my house. And uh, we got to run like a 19, I think it was a 1985 or 1987 Mustang. And the funny thing is, is we fell into the, um, we fell into a class that we ended up with the Corvette and got our butts whooped. But um, they were like the, I don't remember what they, the class they called it, but we didn't end up in the class we wanted to be in because of we put uh, Ford uh, Ford Explorer heads on this 5.0, and apparently that's not allowed. We didn't know that, uh, but anyway, uh, go watch it. It's hilarious. It's uh, it goes with Jay Spivey and Aaron Peters, uh, a Peter if you've ever met him before, um, another Seth Brown, um, and then uh, Jay's wife Brandy. We all did it. We had a blast doing it. it was so much fun. So anyway, go check out that video. But anyway, um, yeah, make sure you guys give us give us a comment on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Um, if there's any other way, whatever uh, thing you're listening to right now, we we actually distribute to ten different places. Um, so if you you search "see you on the trail," no spaces, just spell it out, and uh, you'll be able to find us. And if you're listening to us on Anchor or uh, Radio Podcast. Um, Spotify, we're on Apple Podcast, of course, um, Radio Public, um, Pocket Cast, um, but any of those, if you can rate it, do it for us, please. We, we sure would appreciate it. And honestly, if you're listening to this on one of the podcasting apps, I'm going to release this about three or four days early. And we're trying this two week, uh, every two weeks thing see how it works, see if we can keep everybody scheduled in line. I'm going to release this about four or five days early. And if you're listening to it on it, you get it early. Now, I'm not going to release it on Facebook or YouTube until uh, the 18th of of November. And so um, this has a lot of good information in it, which is kind of why I wanted to release it early and uh, let you know 
some of the stuff uh, that I, I feel within your new build, if you're building for KOH, you need to consider this. Uh, there is no price on safety. Um, there, that, the expensive cost of going to the doctor is ridiculous. Uh, spinal injuries is a big thing in this podcast um, uh, for you to listen to and understand the safety of your seat belts, the safety of your seat, um, the positioning of the seat belts, everything. This guy, Chris Van Gilder, is going to go through with you. Um, his next stop will be at PRI. Um, and you can sit down and honestly, he has an he has an open door to anything. If you want to talk to him, uh, just give him a call, give him an email, find him on Facebook, um, and he'll, he will personally get back with you. Uh, he's a very good guy. I've known him for about four or five years now. So let's go ahead and bust into that, and uh, I'll see you in about, oh, 20, 30 minutes. You guys enjoy the podcast with Chris Van Gilder from Innovative Safety Products. All right. Well, hey, we're here with uh, Chris Van Gilder, the owner of ISP, Innovative Safety Products. Um, Chris, uh, tell us about yourself, where you're from, and um, give us a little bit of history on you, on yourself. Uh, well, uh, originally I'm from Cleveland, um, moved down here to go racing on a pit cruise and stuff when I was, uh, geez, I don't know, 19, 18, 19 years old and, uh, ended up racing for a while. And then when I, uh, got married and had a child, I realized that racing was, uh, the number one thing and that wasn't fair to my new daughter. So I quit the team and I went to building seats a competitor's uh, company i worked for for 13 years and uh then i started my own business really now how long has isp been around uh gonna going to be 18 years um i started back uh, in 2002 and uh actually uh what i had done when i first got started was uh I immediately, I, I'd already had the attention of General Motors and uh, Ford people. And then uh, the General Motors guys knew that I had started my own company. And they actually offered to give me some sled time. They allowed me to do uh, eight sled hits. And it uh, doesn't sound like much, but when it costs you $5,000 a hit, uh, that was pretty impressive for me. They wanted to see what I had come up with. Mm -hmm. And that was the first of a, a long line of, of doing a lot of crash testing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You say sled hits. Now this is something that's kind of a new term to me. Uh, and I'm sure it is to other people. What is, what is actually a sled hit and how does that, how does that work? Well, there's two ways you can do crash testing. You can barrier hit, which is it where you actually run a car into a barrier or a wall. And it's full of telemetry equipment to, to gauge the impact, the duration of the impact, uh, and everything that happens. Uh, or you can replicate, which what I mean replicate is we can actually take data out of a black box, let's say NASCAR, who has black boxes in every vehicle, and actually go to the sled, high G sled lab and reenact the whole incident. And a high G sled is imagine a, a 12 inch piston, uh, a solid rod that will shoot about a four by eight surface plate at 3,600 feet per second. That's basically what a high G sled is. And they can control the impact by the length and the, the speed that they shoot it out. And uh, it's the high G impact is, is a very reputitious uh, uh, way to do your testing. And it's very controlled. Wow. Now, you said 3,600 feet per second? Yep. Just and like a 30-06. Okay. So that's, I mean, you're talking... You're talking a lot more than what can almost be read in mile per hour. <laughs> right. And it's it's like the opposite of what actually happens, but you're still re recreating the the, the same uh, the, the same things that you see in a cat crash, you will see in exactly what you're doing on the high G sled. So it's a really an, a very accurate way mm -hmm. to replicate an incident. And then what we had done on the NASCAR side 
was we basically took a couple of the hardest hits and that we had ever seen and started replicating them. And that's kind of where the NASCAR standards were set for the things that we were, were looking for and trying to obtain. Gotcha. Now, now you're, I've sat in a few of your seats. They're specially made um, for that person that you, they're, they're hand, they're handmade in orders specifically for the person that are, that is buying them. Um, what was the first kind of car that you put a seat into and, and, uh, was it a drag car? Was it an off-road car? What was it? Uh, probably the first cars that I'd done was was uh, stock cars um, in the area where we're at here in Charlotte. It's pretty common. Um, but because of my my crash test experience, I kind of expanded, expanded outwards. Um, I got involved with um, some NASA stuff. And one of the things that we did up at Wright Patterson Air Force Base is we actually took a uh, uh, 80th percentile dummy and had it completely scanned and it was in a prone sitting position like you're in a recliner and from that uh, data that they had obtained from the scan we took a, a six foot long four by four foot phenolic block and then CNC cavitated a seat into this block for the dummy so it fit perfectly hmm. and then we took it and strapped it and turned it sideways so the person was the dummy was looking away and then we proceeded to hit it at 10 20 30 40 50 60 70 80 90 g's and what we learned was basically if you don't have no movement that the amount of time that you see that G that we're recreating was was very short. Now, an ADG impact sounds very severe. It can be, but what controls its severity is the duration. And when I say duration, we're speaking about timing, and we're actually talking about thousands of a second. Now, if you if I was to come up and just slap you hard up back of your head. That might be a 15 G impact for let's say two to 10 thousandths of a second. It's enough to, for you to feel it and, and get you upset. But if you was to have a 15 G impact to the back of your head for let's say a half a second, your head would probably be gone. Right. I got you. It, it's, it's the time that you see in an incident. <laughs> okay. Now, I mean, you're, you're, this is one thing that I wanted to do the podcast with you because you can really kind of dumb it down for me and I can understand it, which that's one thing I really liked about talking with you at some of the expos that we've been at. Um, now, uh, now, you know, my podcast is basically pushed towards uh, the off-road industry, Ultra Ford, Dirt Riot, um, that kind of stuff. And what's really popular in trail riding and used to be and still is in, in, uh, in Ultra Ford and Dirt Riot racing is a suspension seat. Um, which your seat is not a suspension seat by any means. Um, can you explain the difference and why your seat is actually better and safer than a suspension seat? Well, a suspension seat really only gives you movement um, and control in uh, an upward and downward motion. But with that being said, the seat belts and the placement of the seat belts on your body is the most important part of any seating system. Uh, the seat's not going to do nothing for you if you're not in it. And I need to know exactly where you're at so I can control your body and control your movement. Now, in a suspension seat, you're constantly moving in and out of your belt zones. So you're actually not getting the full ability of control from your seat belts. Um, if you have a ratcheting lap belt, the more you tighten it, the more the seat goes down. It doesn't really tighten up on you as much as forcing you down. Now you're using up some of the stretch in the bottom of that suspension seat. If you hit something hard, we've been seeing a lot of tailbones getting broken, some backs. So, um, yes, what I do is the total opposite of that. Um, I have a controlled environment. Um, 
and everything that I have come up from has been completely from all of my crash testing. And although when I introduced a lot of it, it was totally against the norm of what was being used and, and all the thoughts and theory processes out there. But my longevity, especially with the monster trucks and the off-road stuff that I've been doing, um, it's showing that for the extreme stuff, I don't think there's anybody that builds a, a safer seat than I'm presently doing uh, just because my seat is a lot different. Um, I have a good amount of, of very high dense foam underneath your tailbone, but I also build the seat. When I do a custom built seat, I measure it. So I measure the seat and build it up behind your thighs. I want you sitting on your legs more than just your butt. So with the the ribs of the seat being snug to you, the shoulder support touching your your shoulders where they should be, basically your head support being right at your helmet, you don't have the ability to move laterally. And obviously in a forward movement, we're, we're, we're depending upon your seat belts, but I also control the placement of the belts with the way I build the seat. And uh, on vertical impacts, we can ride the energy out with the uh, energy absorption foam that we have, but we're using your whole body, not just your butt. We're using the back of your legs. And when you have contact throughout your whole body, it's comfortable. But because of the seat belts, and I've been I'm dealing with a lot of the ratchet belts right now and mounting them to the seat, which I get excited about because I'm now controlling the lap belt angle. And that's one thing that left up to uh, the chassis builders. And usually your belts get mounted where they have room to mount them. Um, and that not be, may not be the correct place for you in your body. But when I'm building your seat and know where you're going to be, I can get the correct angles on the lap belts. And it's it, the, the belts mean so much. If you were to ride in my seat and take a couple bumps or jumps without your seat belts on, you probably wouldn't like the seat. Right. But it, it's the same idea of, you know, lay an egg on a plate and move the plate up and down. Nothing happens to the egg. Now, put a space between the plate and that egg and drop the egg. That's when you have a possibility of fracturing the shell. You're the same thing. If your belts aren't tight enough and are allowing you to move up and down in the seat, well, when you come down, that's when you're going to feel that impact. So the tighter your belts are, the tighter you're in the seat, the less movement your body is. And the way I explain that to people in an easier form to understand is if if you can't swing a hammer, you cannot drive the nail. You can push on the nail all you want, but until you have space to create movement, to create a G-force impact, the higher the impact, the more the nail goes into the wood. The more room you have to swing, the harder you can have a G-impact, the harder you can hit that nail. Now, with that being said, the driver is the hammer. And it's my job to control him and not give him room to move because that's the biggest thing. I mean, having the best phones and everything is, is an attribute to what we do to give comfort, to reduce injury. But it's also the fact that we're controlling the body and we're only allowing necessary movement. Necessary movement is I've been dealing and doing a lot of different things with the head supports. Um, the monster trucks, I kind of plug the helmet in there. Uh, I'm finding out with a lot of the side-by-sides because they're lighter. That's been doing a lot of survival racing. We're having some problems with the heads going back and forth too much. So I've come up with a different way to attach my head to my shoulders. And so far, it looks to be pretty successful. But the thing is, is I like to get out. I like to go to the racetracks. I like to see my drivers. I like to look at the vehicles. And I have the ability to change anything and everything that I do. That's really what stands me apart from any other seat manufacturer. Because anybody's seat, I don't care who it is, it's a cookie cutter seat. Mm -hmm. And they will not adjust that seat to fit your application. I have the ability to do that. 
Nice. Yeah. Now, and I know a lot of guys in the Ultra Four, and and they they just came out with a new seat, but it seems to be kind of just a a reproduction of what's been coming out. Like the they they were big on they were big on suspension seats. Now they're big on these solid seats. Uh, I, I think Sparco makes one, and uh, Areco just came out with one too. But they're not it, like you said. It's cookie cutter seats that are not going to fit your body. Whereas what you do, you fit it directly to that person. And uh, now I, I know that I, I, I sent a guy over to you at one of the expos. He was in a wheelchair. Did he end up, did he end up buying? He was, he was racing side by side, wasn't he? Yep. Yep. I built him. I've actually, I've built uh, four or five uh, people uh, that cannot use their legs. And um, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got a couple guys that are racing uh, side by side, and one of the gentlemen out there in uh, Nevada and in Vegas, I believe he's uh, he's won a bunch of races now that uh, we've got set up. I've got him in in two inch lap belts with seven points, uh, the three crotch belts that really helps control your pelvis. That's very important because when you're setting down in a sitting position. Your, your center of your mass is your pelvis region, plus your pelvis is the strongest part of your body. So getting very aggressive with the lap belts and the, and the crotch belts, it's, it's, a, it's a very smart thing for me to do because, you know, a lot of the seats that are on the market now, you sit on them. My seat, you sit in it. Gotcha. Big dip- it's like take a big cardboard box and cut the front out of it, and then you sit down in it with the sides on each side of you. That's kind of what my seat looks like as compared to some of these other seats. You're just sitting on them. They don't really give you any lateral control. The only thing they're doing is giving you a little curvature in the back for comfort and maybe a little bit of foam on the bottom side. And unfortunately, a lot of these cookie-cutter seats where the whole placement is, it's totally wrong. But you can't, it's hard to do, it's hard to build one seat and try to make it fit 10 different body styles. That's where the custom aspect of it comes. I mean, not only am I going to place the seatbelt harnesses, the lap belts, the ribs, everything in the correct area. So it's, it's working with your body to its highest ability to, to work and control your body where it's comfortable. That's the you see is the comfort so it's not only is it safer but it's a whole lot more comfortable and you can't do that with a cookie cutter seat there's just no way um i'm presently working on some i'm trying to come up with the closest thing to an adjustable cookie cutter seat and it's hard but when i come out with something um i'm sure it's going to be better than anything out there but still it won't compare to uh, what you can gain out of a complete custom built seat. But at this point, I mean, I'm very definitely I'm on the extreme side of, uh, is it a seat that you want to go out and just go riding on the weekends and, you know, just out booze cruising, whatever you want to say. No, it's probably not the thing that you want for that, but you can do it, which is cool for, for somebody who does take their race vehicle out and just does a little bit of riding with the friends. Yeah, you can still do that. Um, you're going to find yourself wanting your seatbelts tight. Otherwise you could be bouncing around inside the seat. Now, and, do you, and I did, uh, go d- ahead. sorry to interrupt you, but do you make a, like an extreme safety seat and then also one for the, for like the, the trail rider that wants to be as safe as possible, but doesn't need all the, the head, the head restraints and all that. Do you make one like that or can you make well, one? Well, what I'm, what I'm trying to do right now is come up with what I'm calling as a side-by-side seat, but it would be applicable in a, in anything off-road period. Um, what I'm trying to do is productionize this thing. So the cost element is down, but on the same hand, I'm also trying to leave it open to where you can also purchase a head and shoulder system to intensify your seat. It may not be a full-blown custom, but it will still allow me to control your upper torso so your head and your arms aren't you know, bouncing all over the place. And I'll definitely have the lap belt situated where it should be in the right position for you. So it will offer a lot better control than anything else on the market. Um, 
I'm working hard on that. And I, hopefully I'll be having something come out this summer. Good deal. Now I did, I, I in preparation of this, uh, of this podcast, I, I asked a few racers if they'd ever, and, and I'm talking ultra four specifically racers. And the, the only thing they looked at your seats on, uh, on their, on your website and stuff. And the only thing that they said that they didn't want all that stuff around their head. Um, can you, uh, why, for one, why do you need that stuff around your head? And then also, what is the visibility difference if they're running? I mean, they're going to be running a Hans, whether they're, you're in, they're in your seat or not. Um, is the visibility and the uh, movement, is it really hindered in what you have? And and if so, how much? Well, um, the first thing you mentioned was the Hans. There's a number of different head neck devices. Uh, I will say that the Hans manufactured head support, um, which a lot of them get called the Hans, the Hans is the one thing that I, it, it works fine. It's a good piece. It's not for off-road. Um, I suggest using the hybrid because it straps to you. It's short, has a lower profile. It will not catch getting in and out of uh, your vehicle, where the Hans, you have a real problem in tight areas. If you see anybody using them, chances are they put them on with their helmet inside the vehicle and they don't climb out with them on. Correct. So with that being said, um, I'm sorry, what was your question as far as <laughs> what I got going on? Uh, forgot a... Visibility and movement okay. problems. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the, vis the visibility for, you know, if you look at a lot of these uh, cookie cutter so-called off-road seats, um, if they say they have head supports and shoulder support, they're kind of just at, at a 45-degree angle. They're not really controlling you in a, a 180 direction or 90 degrees parallel to your, parallel to your spine. Um, my head supports bolt together to the seat. You have the ability to move it, and I suggest that people mount it at the top of your cheek so your eyes up above it which it does not hinder your peripheral vision um it gives you the ability to turn your head a lot of people sit there and think to see the back of their the right rear of the vehicle they have to be able to reach their chin to their shoulder they turn so much that's not the case uh working with jake coughlin and the nhra deal uh we was working with a biomechanical physicist out of uh, Ohio State University on foot reaction, trying to come off the clutch. Where's the best way to have a pivot of the, the foot? Is it a heel toe movement or post the, your toes and then come off with the ball of your heel? Um, but while we were at lunch, I asked this guy, <coughs> and that specific question is peripheral, uh, peripheral vision. And he started uh, going in there and I, I asked him, I said, let's say we want to be able to see a span of 280 degrees, which would be 140 degrees each side of dead zero in front of your nose. Mm -hmm. And he got in his computer and his little program and come up and he said to see on a normal person's peripheral vision to see the right rear of that car, you need to move your head to 11 degrees. 11 degrees is nothing if you sit there and turn your head. That's not much at all either way. Okay. So the problem with peripheral vision, people don't think of that when they're purchasing a helmet. And the eye release on helmets float back and forth so much, people don't really pay attention to it. So that's one thing if you're concerned with peripheral vision, you need to pay attention to. But ideally, my shoulders get mounted to you and they touch your shoulder. They don't hinder your steering. They don't hinder your shifting. They don't let you to do anything you're not that you don't need to do to drive. But I'm controlling your head with my shoulders because your your head can't move much if your shoulders aren't moving. Correct. So uh -huh. there's a there's a magic number that we don't want the head to move because we see injuries. But on the same hand, you know I use layered foams. Uh, a number of different foams. The way I cut the foam has a lot to do with me building a progressive shock that we're catching your helmet. I would rather have the foam touching your helmet on both sides in a soft foam 
build into a stiffer foam to a stiffer foam to a stiffer foam. So you've got a progressive shock. So it's not slamming your head back and forth. Now, the coefficient restitution of the foam is one of the big things that we deal with in the head area. You don't want a viscosity of a foam to the point that it rebounds 50%. You don't want something like a memory foam or a contour foam, like where you, when you put your hand in that pillow and you pull your hand out and you still see your handprint. Mm -hmm. The first impact, that foam would work great. But when your head's going back and forth, the next time you get into it, it's just going to be like hitting bare metal. Right. Because it's not returning fast enough. But on the same hand, you don't want a rebound velocity pushing your head back out at the same velocity it went in. So the, the, the foams that I use in the head are very expensive and they're very controlled. But I know what we're trying to, to deal with here. And unfortunately, I've got a lot of experience with the customers. But every person is different. What bothers one person may not bother the other person. So it's really, I love working with my customers and talking to them. Um, the more I learn, the better it is for anybody I deal with. And it's, you know, the more problems I hear and I get to deal with, you know, everything, there's an answer. You just got to know what the question is. So, you know, it's really communication is key. I like keeping an open door with all my customers <clears throat> and I'm not saying I'm talking about me, not somebody who works for me, me. And, um, I got 24 seven with my cell phone and my customers. If I don't know, I can't fix anything if I don't know it's broke, Correct. but it's my job. The easiest way for me to explain it is it's a lot easier for me to hold a bowling ball than it is to catch a bowling ball. And the right seat belts, the mounting, that's what I'm doing is I'm holding that bowling ball, you as the driver, the hammer. I'm controlling that hammer so it's not swinging and it's not hitting nothing. And I'm dampening the blow. Um, going back to the duration, I mean, what happens in an impact is, let's say you get up in the air, uh, you, you, you've hit some sort of a jump and you get hit at an angle. So now you get up too high and you're sticking the right front bumper, the, the front horn of the front clip is burying into the ground. That's a, that's a bad hit because you're going to stop immediately. And in my job, it's not how fast you're going, it's how fast you stop. That's the getter. And so as soon as you nose into that ground, if it's the right front of the vehicle, your body takes off to the point of impact immediately. Now, your head, your arms, your legs, everything's trying to come out of that seat, going to that point of impact. Now, your seat belts that do stretch are now turning it into an expensive rubber bands. So you're going to test the stretchability of your seat belts. And the farther you go out, the harder you're going to slam back in the opposite direction because again, I refer to them as rubber bands. So my point being, we're going back to the duration. When that frame comes up and sticks in the ground, the truck's incident is over. Your incident has just begun. You moving towards the impact and then coming back, that is lengthening your duration. So if the truck only saw a one millisecond, a two millisecond impact, you might be seeing as much as four or five, six millisecond. The longer you're involved in that incident, the higher the probability you have of being injured. So what I try to do is writing your energy out. If we have to, let's deform that aluminum. It's strong, but it's going to slow you down. So it's going to keep the duration that you see in a shorter period of time. Makes and wow. it's the biggest, the, the worst wrecks you have are not the most spectacular ones. The spectacular ones are when you're barrel rolling and bouncing. Every time you hit and roll and bounce, you're absorbing energy. Doing 100 miles an hour, you don't want to see a bridge abutment or a tree. Those are the ones that get you. It's how fast you stop. And thanks for, I, I, I hate to say it this way, but dumbing it down to the to the person like me that doesn't quite understand, uh, that hasn't gone to the, the uh, 
the depths of what you have and that's why you make a good seat. Um, uh, do you, do you suggest or, uh, an actual, like a, a hybrid or a Hans device that works great with the ISP seats? Um, or, or, and do you sell them or does that, is it all together? Yeah, I, I, Simpson is the owner of the Hans and, and the hybrid. Um, I sell both. I highly, the hybrid is the only one on the market. It has double tethers. It's got the tether comes off the back to the, your helmet on it's your ear, but it also has a tether that comes up off your chest line or your collarbone. So it does actually, if, especially if you're in a suspension seat or a seat without a head and shoulder system, it does give you some lateral movement control where huh. a Han doesn't. <clears throat> Okay, so you you basically in a, in, you, in a good containment seat they all work. Okay, but now we're not just worried about that. It's like, can we get in and out of the car quickly? And when I mean quickly, I am a I am a very big uh, person of telling people to get a stopwatch out and test yourself getting out of that car. If you go to get out of the car, if something's snagging your pants and slowing you down, move it. It's just it, it's it's just you know, taking care of whatever could slow you down. It's just preventative maintenance. Um, another thing that a, a lot of people don't realize, you know, your quick release don't have to be on the back of your steering wheel because most people pop the quick release off, take their steering wheel. Now they got six inches of steering shaft that catches their fire suit trying to climb out. Hmm. We'll build a six inch extension, put the release six inches away from the steering wheel so when you take it off you're taking off that six inches of steering shaft now you've opened up that box that you're climbing out of tremendously and especially the bigger guys will understand exactly what i'm talking about this is something that i see a lot of over in the door slammers the pro mods the pro stocks over in drag racing and i've kind of carried that over into the monster trucks um and almost all the feld trucks are actually doing that now but uh, I've, I've been pushing that a lot with a lot of my customers just worried about their time and getting in and out of the vehicle correct yeah because if, if it's on fire you're in a hurry and you're not thinking and then not to mention you'll rip a fire suit catch yourself not get out in time i mean there's just everything that can happen in that that one small moment and having that most space makes oh, a huge difference if it's on fire and you're stuck, it's hard knowing that you got to go back into that fire. Yep. Wow. Well, cool. Now, um, I mean, in conjunction with your seat, with a uh, Hans hybrid next gen style um, neck restraint seat belts <laughs> is the next. Who would you suggest, or, or or do you sell your own product for seat belts? Who would you suggest that doesn't have that elasticity or is the elasticity actually good? Well, um, it, it, it's funny that you say that. I mean, I was always told years ago by SFI, FIA, uh, FIA being Europe, that we needed X amount of stretch on on belts. And after I'd done my, my testing up at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, um, I got on the phone with Hubert Grambling, which at the time was president of uh, FIA out of Germany. And uh, me and me and Hubert had been together at a few conferences and actually shared time in the sled lab together. So uh, he knew of me. I knew of him. And I called him up and started talking to him about how much stretch do we need in the belts and this and that. And, and I, I kind of locked him up. I said, Hubert, I said, I've got some testing data that we have just done and I can, can prove to you that no movement is better than any movement hmm. and I said give me one example that you had somebody hurt of a belt system that didn't have enough stretch I said we got a lot of too much stretch they're, they get away into the steering wheel with their chest, their helmet goes all the way out and hits the forward hoop. I mean, we got tons of that. Show me one scenario of what you guys say that we we can't allow, that we need stretch. Show me where it shows that we need stretch. 
And I kind of got him all locked up and he couldn't prove that. And I, I got him thinking, um, I placed the same uh, phone call to Arnie Coons and it kind of locked him up uh, because they've always followed this theory. And the, and the and theories are fine till they're proven wrong in the test lab. And that's where I've stirred a lot of things is when I started doing my testing and, and building my seats, I was going against what everybody was saying. And I wasn't just doing it. I was showing them. I had crash test that, not doing it once or twice, but five, six, seven times in a row, showing the repetitive, the robustness of what we were doing was working. And it was simple, taking little steps, getting to where we're at now as far as the belt angles. Seat belts, you have to concern yourself. The first thing is with the webbing. Is it nylon or is it polyester? Polyester is what's in every single vehicle sold throughout the world. Hmm. If it comes off the assembly line, it's polyester seat belts. Nylon is in the racing market, and it's one of the reasons why you have to change your belts out every two years. Over in Europe, where you can't have nylon, belts are good for five-year stints. Okay, with that being said, if you've ever had a yard chair set out in the sun, and you go to sit in it in your backyard, and all those straps bust and your butt falls through it, that's typical nylon. Dry rots very quickly. Nylon draws in moisture. It's almost like a sponge. And anytime you do any type of static or dynamic testing, stuff off the same roll is very in inconsistent at its breaking point. Thus being polyester is very repetitive. So that's why your better seat belts are going to be made out of polyester. The second thing you do is you take a look at your hardware. Now, is this a punch piece, press piece that come out of Thailand on a boat? Or is this a forged piece of hardware that looks forged, that looks like a solid piece of hardware? Then you need to pay attention to the, the sewing on the belts. Um, all this together, the hardware that you're using, I mean, there's a reason why you need a $300 set of belts, not a $99 set of belts. Believe me, you you get what you pay for, and I can cannot say enough about the seat belts being the heart of any seat system. Hmm. If, if I can't keep you in the seat, how is my seat going to do anything for you? Right, exactly. Well, man, this is this has been very informative to myself, and I I'm sure it'll actually um, it, it'll help out a lot of guys that are that are getting into racing, that are in racing. Um, like like I said, I, I talked to you a little bit before the podcast that I was talking to some of the big racers in Ultra Four, and they 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 were just releasing another seat, and it seemed to be just another cookie cutter seat, just like you said. So maybe this will. This will uh, get them a little bit more informed about it, and uh, and there's there's no price on safety, guys. Um, I actually had a good friend of mine that uh, took a tumble at Ultra Four Nationals, and uh, he ended up having back surgery on the whole deal. And uh, and it, and it, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was seat related or seat belt related, but something happened, and it didn't. It, he didn't come out of it as as good as we all expected. Um, so, but, uh, now you do have is innovation safety products. Is that right? Uh, innovate, innovative safety products. Yeah. At .com. I, I guess you have a website, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. innovative safety, uh, it, well, it's ispseats.com is the website. Okay. ISP seats. And, um, you're at a lot, you're going to be at PRI, I guess is next, right? Yep. And then where are you at right now? You you mentioned that you were at a race at a race right now. Yeah, I'm at the World of Outlaws uh, <laughs> World Finals. Uh, they're running uh, the sprint cars, the World Outlaws, the World Outlaw late models, and uh, the North Sea, Northeast uh, Dirt Mods. So uh, cool. it was a good track last night qualifying on a half mile track. These sprint cars were doing like 12 and a half seconds. So geez, now um. And, and and also this isn't just uh your seats aren't just in uh i mean they're they're all over the automotive industry you've got them in what what aspects of racing do you have your seats in completely all over the uh 
what other cars do you have your seats in? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I've, I've got cars in every form of NASCAR from, from, uh, 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 the, the cup, the big boys all the way down through the trucks, you know, all, all the modifieds, uh, those are all SFI seats that, uh, have requirements that we have to have our seat tested and they have to bear the SFI t- tags, um, dirt late models, uh, every rock bouncer side by sides, everything from, uh, pro stock pro mods, uh, I do the head supports and pour and play seats for a lot of the dragsters and the funny cars and NHRA, a lot of the alcohol burning cars. Um, basically, you know, I deal with a lot of stuff and I do want to say that my best growing curve, the, the people that teaches me the most out of every form of racing, I, I, I deal with the IRL, I deal with uh, FIA. Um, the monster trucks teach me more than anybody else I deal with because they wreck on purpose every time they go out. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I, uh, and in fact, I think basically the way we met was through, um, was through Mark McDonald, which does, uh, he does, he races, uh, he's El Toro Loco is who he drives, right? Uh, they moved him around some, I talked to him on Facebook every now and then he called me a couple weeks ago, but I honestly, I don't know what fire suit he's wearing this year. Um, I think he just left for Europe, uh, to start doing some European shows here last week or something. Yeah. He, he posted on Facebook. I gave him a hard time. He said he was headed to Tokyo and this would be the only time that he's the tallest guy anywhere around. (laughs) So yeah. Mark's a good guy. And that's one thing I really like about dealing with the off-road guys in the monster truck. These are down-to-earth people. Yeah. I mean, I deal with every form of professional racing. And being politically correct, I like my monster truck and my off-road people. Um, they're just good down-to-earth people. They're average Joes. They work with you and talk with you. And, you know, I do, I do want to throw it out there. I do do a lot of safety seminars and stuff. Because I do feel that I've been very fortunate to, to deal with all the manufacturers, Ford, Chrysler, uh, IRL, NHRA, that has, has funded a lot of my, my crash testing. I've done up over 100 sled hits. And, you know, the one thing I felt was the, the most important thing for me to do is I can't save everyone, but maybe I can educate a lot of people. And I like to spend time with my customers. I like to educate them on the proper things. A lot of people don't even have know that you have options, belts and stuff. That's what I'm able to bring to the table with my customers and explain they explain to them why you need a head and neck device. Um, I'm sure you're, you're, you know, busted knuckle films, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. I know Matt very well. Okay. Well, there's uh, the, the busted uh, knuckles rock garage tips. Mm-hmm. Um, the broad garage tips. Um, I done three segments with Jake Berkey in his uh, garage. One on containment seats, one on head and neck devices, and one on seat belts. And I encourage anybody to go out there on YouTube and pull that up. And that's been a, a really good sales uh, sales tool for myself because I, I love it when people just call questions. And I mean, you know, I, I love to educate people because the way I feel is if, if somebody can, ex- if somebody knows and understands something so well, you should be able to explain it to anybody so they understand it. And I would hope that you would feel that the guy that can explain it and understands it that well is hopefully the guy you want to deal with. Correct. Because if you ask any of these questions to any of these people selling these, these cookie cutter seats, they're just going to look at you cross-eyed. They're pushing a part number in a box, and that's all they know. Right. And they're going to sit there and tell you they're the best, you know, they're better. <clears throat> Why? Well, that's where they kind of get locked up. Right. Exactly. And no, I I I agree with you. And I think the one of the first times that you and me sat down, I actually sat down in one of your seats, and I was a <clears throat> at this point in time. I think this was four years ago, 2015 Expo. And I said, I was just sold on suspension seat, suspension seat, suspension seat. And I said, well, what makes this better? Because I, and honestly, when you first look at the seat, 
I kind of thought of it, and and this is coming from a uh, not not knowledgeable idea in my head. I was like, well, that's just that's just basically a kirky seat or a plastic seat that I hear about people breaking their back on all the time. But then you sat down, explained it to me, dumbed it down to me, and I've been sold on your seat forever. And uh, I know, if, I know, uh, oh, uh, the only. I, I'm trying to think of who in Ultra Four actually has your seat. I know you're building some for uh, Quentin Hilburn, um, right. and then uh, Rock Bouncing. I'm sure Jake Berkey has your seat, correct? Oh yeah, Jake, uh, Timmy Cameron. I mean, most most all the top guys in in uh, in the points. All those divisions are, are in my stuff now. Um, it's kind of like a secret once you figure it out, you know. Um, I got a lot of testimonies. It could go on and on forever, but you know, that's, that's, that's why I do what I want to do. I want to make a difference. Right. And you know, I build this stuff, not just building it for comfort, but I'm building it to save your life. And, you know, I mean, I was straight up. I mean, the seat that I'm building right now, you're looking between 14, $1,500. Um, obviously if you want powder coat and stuff like that, it's an add on, but today, let's not even go to the hospital. What, what's the cost? Go to the doctor and get a couple x-rays. Exactly. You know, I mean, $1,400 is, is, is not just an investment. It, it's an insurance policy. And, you know, by the time you get some good looking belts, some good belts, about 300 bucks. I, I love the seven point system. Um, that's one thing I haven't talked about was the seat belts. The seven point system has three cross straps. And everybody's familiar with the five-point strap because that's what most everybody uses. Well, the five-point crotch strap was invented in 1938 by the Marines launching planes off an aircraft carrier down in out of Florida. They started launching a certain type of plane off, and at the angle they were sitting, the, the pilots were raising up in the seat. Well, they put that crotch in there. They, they called it five-point strap, and that's what it's always been ever since. But it's not designed to stop you from moving forward. It's designed to stop you from rising up. Well, if you think of geometry the way you use it, that makes sense. That's why it busts your nads when you move forward. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, we add two more crotch straps, one at each side of that one, and they mount into the butt in the bottom of the seat, and they wrap the inside of your thighs. That geometry is what holds you back. That's a seven-point seat built uh, system. That is uh, what I've been pushing a lot people that use it the way I recommend using it is getting very positive results from it. And your pelvis being the center of your mass, it's also the bottom of your fulcrum, meaning your head is the other. If I can reduce an inch of movement in your pelvis, I can reduce four to five inches of movement in your head. So, you know, a good seven point uh, seatbelt system, you're talking about as low as 300 bucks for the best hardware, the best of everything. We want to throw a ratchet in there. You're looking around 400 bucks. If you're looking at double ratchets, you're looking around 500 bucks. Um, but I'm here to tell you a $99 set of belts is worth $99. And if that's all you're worth, then go ahead. You know, you, these people spend, uh, $1,500, $2,000 a year on a new fire suit and a thousand dollars on a new helmet and get it painted. But, um, they don't think of, you know, that seat, and and their seatbelts, and you know that's the most important thing. You right. know, is is you not moving around getting hurt. So you know, for a couple thousand dollars, you get a good seat, a good set of uh, of seatbelts. Um, you know, and possibly we can work with you and get you head supports, uh, head neck device in there too. Um, but no, it's not a seven, eight hundred dollar cookie cutter seat. No, it's not. But. Right doesn't perform like a seven eight hundred dollar cookie cut seat either right it's custom built to you and it contains and controls you set in it not on it right well man chris i appreciate all the information you you uh you blew it out of the park with this one um everybody's going to listen to this and hopefully uh they understand the that there you can't put a price on safety and then not to mention there's a lot of um small things that go into safety. So you're safe no matter what you're doing as crazy as these guys are racing. Um, I, I, I'm not a racer myself, but I do enjoy watching it and being a part of it. And I want everybody to be safe so I can watch you do it again. Um, like I, uh, I saw Lauren Healy do like seven flips a couple years ago. And I'm like, man, I, 
I hate to see that you wrecked, but I was glad to see you walk away and everything was fine. So um, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, go to ispseats.com and um, you could, that, that'll go directly to you too if you email them through there, right? Yep. K-R-I-S, Chris, mm -hmm. at ispseats.com is my email. Okay. You can talk to him directly. Uh, he's also on Facebook. You can check him out on Facebook. Are you on IG, Instagram? Uh, no, I'm not high, that high tech yet. <laughs> I just got done doing a, a, a podcast with uh, Gene Mooningham, which he was, he's been around for a long time. He's been a part of the ultra four series for about 10 or 15 years. And I had sent him a message. I said, Hey man, I'd love to do a podcast with you. And he goes, what the hell's a podcast? <laughs> so I got I'm, him I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm up there too. So <laughs> well, good. Well, man, I appreciate it. Go back out there and watch those guys go round and round. Um, and, uh, hopefully I'll see you here soon. I, I might make it to PRI cause you've got a booth at PRI, right? Yeah. If you ain't ever been to PRI, that's where the serious racers go. So I highly suggest one out there, um, three days. If you're going to spend time in each booth, it's going to take you three days to go through everything, but that's where you uh, deals with the manufacturers, see the latest and greatest that they have to offer. And you have the engineers, the inventors there at the table to answer any questions you have. Awesome. Well, Chris, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, I hope this is informational for a lot of people. And uh, man, we'll talk to you soon. Well, hopefully I stirred some questions and some ideas and I'll, I'll hear somebody call and uh, have a few good questions for me. And if I can't answer them, I'll send you to the right person that can. All right, cool. Thanks, Chris. We'll talk to you later, man. All right. Thank you, Hitch. Right, bye. bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Chris Van Gilder with ISP, Innovative Safety Products. Uh, you can find them on the website, ispseats.com. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your day. I know that you were at the racetrack uh, at one of the nationals right then, and uh, you sat in your truck and basically did the interview with me. Uh, I do appreciate it, and uh, I hope I hope it actually helps you and also save somebody uh, somewhere in the in the off-road racing industry or even I mean even in the on-road industry I know you're running some of your stuff through NASCAR so um, in NASCAR trucks and cars so um, thank you very much for hanging out guys I uh, hope you liked this podcast uh, if you did like I said before in the beginning please like comment subscribe on every single platform that you listen to this on. Uh, that what that does is that boosts the social media algorithm and that tells everybody else that you enjoyed the podcast, you liked it and uh, get them to listen to it, which will in turn bring more people to the podcast, which will in turn again, get it to where we can uh, continue to do this. This takes a lot of time, a lot of scheduling, um, a lot of editing. Um, so uh, it, it, it's not, and I'm basically, uh, I'm a one man show, so I do it all by myself and uh, it, it takes a lot of time out of my out of my uh, schedule to do it. I do have a full time job, as most of you know this. I'm, I'm in the oil industry, but it's not the real good oil industry. It's just a consistent job. So um, thank you so much, guys. We are on 10 different places. Um, we're on numerous places. So all you got to do is Google search. See you on the trail podcast. On the See You on the Trail, no spaces, just spell it out, and then space, podcast, you should be able to find it somewhere. Um, right now, like I said, I was looking at the stats earlier, it looks like we're mainly on Apple, and um, and then also YouTube and Facebook. YouTube and Facebook, the numbers have been really good. I want to congratulate my last podcast uh, interviewee that I had was Gene Mooningham. He's actually, on Facebook, he's actually surpassed views than Jason Shearer which I thought was amazing because he even told me, Does, do you think anybody actually um, anybody actually wants to hear my story? And apparently people do because they're listening to it, which we really do enjoy that. Um, I try to find some obscure but well-known people to do the, 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 the shows with us, as, as, long as, some as, as well with some popular people. So thanks, guys, again. I do appreciate it. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment. Um, anything. Um, if you want to share it in some Facebook groups or some Instagram chats or whatever, we would really appreciate it. Make sure and go and follow all of us on social media. Um, ISP seats, innovative safety products is what they are on, um, is what they are on Facebook. 
ispseats.com. Uh, you can find them there. Um, find me, see you on the trail. No spaces, just spell it out on Facebook, IG, Twitter. Um, and you can find us just about anywhere on the internet. We're usually looking for stuff. We're in, we're in groups. Um, we're on different pages that, uh, that help out. Um, I manage about 10 different other social media pages. So we cross promote, uh, as, as other businesses, we do work together. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. And this is Hitch and we'll see you on the trail.